Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. Uh, My name is Pastor Jeremy, one of the pastors here at church, which I always say, I, I double the amount of sayings of pastors. Someone makes fun of me. Um, obviously, I'm one of the pastors because I said Pastor Jeremy. Anyway, uh, I'm here with uh, Mike Eunice, who's a deacon at the church and all around fantastic man uh, who just preached this Sunday. Uh, so, hey, Mike. Hey, Jeremy. Thank you for the fantastic. I always <laughs> like compliments. Perfect. Yeah, I try to. I go all the way because I know you're too humble to to tell people how smart you are. But I do. I appreciate every time you preach I forget who I was talking to. We talked through, we love at our church, all the different preaching styles that are brought in. And so we have, you know, Nate has his, he's just kind of been hilarious recently. um, Just his own kind of way, but he always brings a lot of wisdom. And we always feel like, and this is in a good way. We always feel like we're in a classroom with you. Like this is, we got to take good notes. There's a lot of stuff to talk through. Like, I always love the amount of content that you bring. And I always feel like I leave with so many different notes and just like, oh man, there's so much, so much to go off of. So I just appreciate your uh, preaching thank, style. Thank you. And I, I take that as a high compliment. I really do. And, uh, you know, it, you, you never want to be like too humble and say, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, it, it's, you know, this as a pastor, it, it's God, you know, yeah. God gives you the gifts and talents and then it's a question of what you do with them. Yeah. And so I've just, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have opportunities, especially here at Restoration. So thank you for that. How long, how long have you been preaching for? Like is preaching, oh. I know you've been public speaking, right? Cause you've, you've done all sorts of things, mm-hmm. fundraising and other stuff like that. But how long have you been preaching? Well, I've had opportunities here probably, I was here maybe five years and had an opportunity. But mm. before that, when I was in Delaware, had an opportunity in my home church there, That's before cool. that in Pennsylvania. So if you want to say not consistently like every single year, right? Um, in this this September, it will be 50 years that I've been walking with the Lord. Wow. I've had opportunities to preach in 40 of those 50 years. That's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And you bring a good a good confidence- I always love, I love that our church can understand your dry humor too. Because <laughs> you got a good dry humor about you and people still laugh. And I always get nervous that whenever I try and do dry humor, people are offended. And so you do a really good job playing that off. No, no thank you. Because that's always a scary point. You know, you're not trying to intentionally be funny or, but you want people to, to be engaged. Right. And to be able to hear what you're saying and to speak to their heart. And laughter is good medicine, yeah. as scripture says. So it, it always helps. And frankly, it relaxes me as well when, yeah. when I can connect with people that when way. When you know people are loosening up. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the worst, right? Starting off the, um, when you start off a sermon, you're like, hey, how are you? And no one responds. Like today, for after the handshake, that happened to me. Um, and I think it happened a little bit for you this morning as well. That's like, come on, guys. You realize I got to talk for 40 minutes. Like, can you help me out here a little bit? Um, but no, it's great. So um, tell me a bit about your prep work for this message. So we've talked about this before, the way the process works. So if anyone's listened mm-hmm. previously. But so 
Pastor Nate reaches out, he schedules you for speaking. What what did you have going into it? And what was your process of getting this message down? What I had was I knew what the series was going to be called. Yep. And I knew what the topic was that he wanted to have covered for the Sunday that I was going to be speaking. Yep. That's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I guess that I, I take this very seriously. The trust that he exhibits in me mm. Yeah, is 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 also a blessing, and and it's, you know it's come from years of being around each other. But the fact that he doesn't give me, well, this is what needs to be said. That's what needs to be said. Yeah. So it then it becomes, you know, how's the Holy Spirit going to speak to me? As to what direction do I need to go in? What is it that needs to be said? And and frankly, what are some of the people that are sitting out there? What do they need to hear? And when I have no idea. Yeah. So I'm really trusting God to at least initially put me yeah. in a direction. But the fact that it was lawnmower. It was like, you know, that's right about my alley. I've got eight, eight gazillion acres of ground that I've lawn mowed. <laughs> and understanding what you're trying to achieve is this finished look of perfection. And then translating that into being a parent and what does that mean? And then taking that as the concept and then jumping into just going online and trying to see, you know, what is out there in the popular yeah. uh, media about lawnmower parenting. Yeah. And that's where I picked up those two quotes. And um, yeah, so that's, that's really what I got. Uh, I would much rather have that being left to my devices yeah, and, and God speaking to me, then, oh, here, this is what you need to say. Well, you're going to tell me that, then you really don't need me to do it. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's always hard. Like the getting preaching outlines, I always feel like is so much harder. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, you know, I, I didn't have to do it, but I remember one time our, um, our multi-site stream didn't work out one Sunday as it as it has happened mm-hmm. a couple of times. Um, but- Pastor Colin was host in Plymouth and, and he's, he's preached a bunch for, um, for the, for youth and all that. But, uh, it starts to like, he starts to hear rumors that this is not going to happen. And so he's like, I need your notes now. And he made a joke later. He's like, I would have had to walk up there and be like, so when Jeremy and Haley were thinking about having kids, uh, and like <laughs> try and tell the story at the beginning, mm-hmm. like it's his own. And that's, I, that stresses me out. I've had to do it a couple of times where the sermon's like, tell a story about a time this happened. I'm like, oh, that never happened to me. I'm such a loser. Like, you know, and so it's so stressful to get like that many. Well, we had one of those tech <laughs> issues and, and Pastor Steven was in Milton. And I, I said to Lorena, so she said next to me, because it was, we were in the middle yeah. and, and everything just blew out. And he jumped up there and he's on his phone looking at the notes and all and, and never missed a beat. And I was saying, I'm so glad that wasn't me. <laughs> right? Yeah. I remember, so there's, we'll get into the sermon in a second, but this isn't a tech issue, but it's something I remembered that I don't think we've ever talked about. One time, Pastor Nate started to get the stomach flu in the middle of preaching. So he was fine in the morning and he's got the, he was, he was saying, oh, I just feel funny. I just feel funny right now. We're getting ready, like the bumper's starting to play. And he just says, can someone get me a stool? Like, I need to sit down. And so he gets his stool. He starts preaching. He's getting through his message. He's like, starts sweating. He's wiping his, his hair. He's wiping the sweat off. He keeps going. And he goes, I am so sorry, but I need to walk off this stage right now. And he goes, Michelle, um, could you take over? Mm-hmm. And he just gets up and leaves. <laughs> and Michelle went, all right, I think he was going to say this. And she finished the message. But man, she did so good, yep. but um, terrifying. I never want to do that. Yep. I never want to do that. But yeah, he he tried so hard to get through that message. I remember that. <laughs> I just remember sitting there like, oh my gosh, it's so stressful. For sure. Yeah, so I never want that. But um, 
I, I loved a lot of the points you brought through. I had never heard the phrase before, lawnmower mm-hmm. parenting, which is funny. My mom leaned over to me after the message, said, I think I'm a lawnmower parent. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I turned out all right. Like I, I don't uh, I don't wait for you to do things for me. But um, but I had never heard the phrase before. Is that a common phrase that I'm just it, out it, of the It loop? is now. And frankly, until Nate asked me to do the message, I hadn't heard it either. Yeah. The last one that I was familiar with was snowplow. Which, same idea. Uh, same thing. Just, you know, whatever's in the way, just Clearing blow through it. And then before that, it was helicopter. And when I, that's when I'm starting to take a look at it and trying to figure out, well, what is, why is this being used now versus what was being used? Yeah. And, and there is a difference. I mean, you know, helicopter parents just kind of hover over and they'll come down like your drone. It'll yeah, come yeah. down every once in a while to intercede, but then it'll go back up just yeah, hovering, yeah. hovering. As opposed to, I'm going to get in front of my kids and I'm just going to make sure there's nothing that in their it way. it is perfect. Yep. Yeah, I had always heard helicopter parent as almost more um, absent, but when it when they need to be in control, they hop in and, mm-hmm. and help. That's always the term I had heard with like, oh, well, yeah, the, the only difference parent. we would have on them is that they really weren't absent, but they kept their distance yep. until we're needed. Now Anything let's send in the wrong. attack Cobra helicopter and there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, yeah, so obviously um, I took a lot out of this because I... I'm at the stage of parenting where even you were talking to you, like you can't start too young. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm at the stage of parenting where it feels like I'm still supposed to pave the way for my children. You know, I gotta, I gotta uh, open their fruit snacks. I gotta cut the piece of paper for them so they don't touch scissors. I gotta, you know, all this stuff. You taste their food and, for them first? Uh, that's just dad tax. So that's my own design. I do mm-hmm. that for me. <laughs> but um no i don't taste the food for him but uh but it's always that it's always that balance and so i liked a lot of what you were sharing my and i guess i i answered the question myself but how do you ride the balance between the lawnmower parenting and and neglect Right. So like, which I don't think, I think if I'm concerned about that, I'm not going to fall into neglect. Right. Mm -hmm. But the idea of, I mean, they got to make their own decisions. Right. At what point, how how do you, how did you balance that with your kids and working through? Cause I feel like you were very much a good, like, yeah, go figure it out. (laughs) Like just cause you got a tough love. Um, But I always wonder like, what's the, how far am I supposed to be helping, especially at the age mine are at? I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. I think you know, there, there's really no solid answer to be right. able to say. And as I said when I was delivering the message, you know, imperfect parent because I certainly made my share of mistakes. But, and this may sound too simplistic as an answer, but from a standpoint of your kids, even at the age your children are at, mm. or they could have been younger, is, is having that level of security in knowing that you're there for them, knowing how much love you have for them, knowing that, what even oh no you shouldn't have done that and however you choose to discipline your children I mean that's up to every parent mm. but that they recognize that the discipline is something separate it's tied to whatever they did it's mm. not tied to who they are yeah and so if you have that ability to be able to instill that confidence in that relationship that you as a parent have with your child then when you do have to however you choose to discipline them or allow them to make those mistakes and yeah. they go you know they look over their shoulder hey dad where were you why'd you let this happen to <laughs> right. me right Okay, it's part of growing up. It's part of maturing. And then just showering them with that love. Yeah. I, I think that's the, the, if there was a foundational truth in all of it, that would be it. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So trying to work through um, 
my correction is about what you did, not who you are. Exactly. Like trying to lean into How that. is that any different than Jesus when he allows it, us to fall into these same situations? Yeah, it's to, true. You know, it's exactly the same. Yeah, doesn't view us by our downfalls, but of who we are in him. No, if he did, we'd all be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you talked through something too that I, I really liked. Um, and it's something that's been coming up a lot in my life as well is uh, when you talk through, uh, you know, the phrase like, well, God only knows where they're going to end up if I don't, if I don't help. And uh, I was thinking through as you kept talking and I realized even in my own life, there were times even in my parenting where, you know, I, I work like it all depends on me mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And so I sense this, you know, lack of trust almost in, in my own life. And I see it in some other people as well of, well, if I don't do this, they're, they're toast, right? They're, they're, they're done. And, and I have this lack of trust that God really is all powerful, that God really can take care of my children as well. And, um, and so when you were talking through that, I thought through that same thing, like, man, that's really like such a trust issue on our part of mm-hmm. like, as if God's just going to let our kids go wild if we, if we give them to him and, and don't step out of it. And so I, I liked that. Um, I liked that because that was kind of a shift for me a little bit. So I appreciated you bringing that through. It, it's, it just goes back to your first question. You know, how do you know which of which is too much or not enough mm. and trying to strike that balance of, of freedom, even, I mean, and I'm, this is going to sound terrible to people that might be listening. You know, there are some people that are so overprotective and talk about childproofing your house. Well, when my kids were small, we childproofed our house. Yeah. But man, to have every edge of every table cushioned with 15 pillows <laughs> yeah. and, you know, five tons of foam. We still don't have a coffee table. We got rid of it when we had kids. Yeah. You know how convenient those are? <laughs> yeah, you can put everything on them. But yeah, it's, what do I do responsibly? What do I do that, that makes sense that is not, and the line is going to vary for people, but yeah. so I'm not crossing over and then putting them in a position where as they grow up, your kids are how old now, Jeremy? Yeah, I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. Okay, she's gonna so at three and five, they're perceptive. They're they're understanding certain things, and they're going to see that. Well, I got all this protection around me, mm. yeah. and all those layers of protection. Safe. Well, now I move to the next level. Now I'm, I'm five and I'm seven. Well, now what layers of protection around me? And at some point, we've got to. Your key word was trust. Yeah. We've got to have enough trust that God is going to allow us to make some mistakes, yeah. do it wrong, and he's still going to be there to see them through it. And I talked about my daughter. I mean, it was it was a hellacious number of years. Yeah. It was awful. And yet, I look back at my parenting, I can look at the mistakes that I made, wouldn't have changed what happened. Yeah, wow. And yet, say, all right, she came back home knowing that she was loved. Mm. That, to me, was the victory in all of yeah, it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, what, how, how old was she during? She was process? in high school. In high school. That, well, that's, I mean, what happened to her, it happened years earlier. Yeah. But it all manifested when she was in high school and then she went off the rails. I yeah. Mean, literally. Wow. And so your, your main approach was really this similar to the prodigal son. Like, man, when, when she comes back, it's It love. was, but the mistake that I made, if we want to talk about not being a lawnmower. Yeah is that there were certain obstacles that were in her way that I wasn't prepared to deal with. Mm. I wasn't prepared to get involved or engaged because of the other people that were involved. Yeah. So I took a step back. It's just the reverse. That's where 
in, in retrospect, I should have said, okay, I've got to go in there and try to plow some of this out of here and clear some of that yeah, so yeah. that she can have a clearer path, mm. not totally clear, but a clearer path to be able to get to where she needs to, to be able to be healed and be made whole. That I didn't do for a long time. And when I finally did, then God opened up some doors that were just, when I say miraculous, that's what they were. They yeah. were miraculous. And that's what led to her healing. Wow. Yeah, that's so interesting to think through. Like there, there is still a time, right? This is a, this is a lame analogy, but just recently this year, um, Haley and I, we just, with, our, with the way our lives are right now, it's, it's, it's chaotic to get yard work done. So we're still in the lawn mowing analogy. So this really works out for us. Uh, so I, I kept joking. I was like, I either did the most, I think I said this to you too on the phone. Um, uh, I either did the most adult purchase of my life or the laziest purchase of my life. And I asked someone to come do spring cleaning on my home. Mm-hmm. But the, this idea that you were talking to, when they finished, the first thing I did was get a rake and like, I see more lawn that I can clear. <laughs> I have confidence now because the amount of twigs, the amount of of junk that the winter had, mm-hmm. I looked at it and said, there's no way I can't do this. I'm not, I, I don't have any tools. I have a rake and I don't have a leaf blower. I have nothing like whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we ha- then we have them come in and they get this huge amount of work done. And uh, which by the way, if anyone thinks that takes away the joy of having a nice lawn, I still looked at it like I did it. Like I don't even care. Um, but it, but it led me to want to continue the yard work, right? So we went out, we got stuff. We, oh, let's try gardening because our house is put together a little nicer. Like we felt more confident mm-hmm. because someone came and did the stuff that we couldn't do, right? Do you they, know how great an analogy that is though? It, it was perfect. It is perfect because <laughs> exactly, we've got these things that are going to be in our kids' lives yeah. and we're going to think, well, yeah, if, even if I had the time, I can take care of this. I can take care of this. Yeah. No, there's somebody who's more equipped, yeah. better I at it, someone with more experienced. And can yeah. do a better job. Okay, well, that's God. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I mean, I don't know that he clears lawns off for people and, you know, makes it presentable so you can bring your rake out there. But <laughs> as far as kids, yeah, he's all in. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And so just the same idea of like with us, like, all right, maybe our kids aren't meant to find every solution. We want to mm-hmm. let them learn. But there is points in time where it's like, hey, this seems overwhelming for you. Uh, let me, let me help you walk through this or let me try and clean up some of your, your mess so mm-hmm. you can get out of this. You know, that whole, that whole idea, you know, when you, uh, to, to some extent, right. None of the stories you were telling, I think were parents trying to do that, right? Like, Hey, let me, um, let me pay your mortgage for the next 20 years. <laughs> That's not really helping you know, them get <laughs> my son or daughter. Hey dad, you know, $1,400 a month. You think you could kick in? No. <laughs> Now, you know, and, and I think you've got to be careful when you're just as, as casual about things like that. Yeah. I, I don't want to make light of it. There are times where where kids, no matter how old they are, are in, are in trouble. Yeah, And they absolutely. need some kind of help. And not just finances, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that's part of our call as a parent is, is to be there to support them, that they can lean on you, that they can gain from your wisdom, your experience, all those kinds of things. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we set ourselves up so that we have this repetition of situations right. and they're always coming back. Hey, dad. Hey, mom. You know, it happened yeah. again. I'm sorry. Can you help me? No. Sometimes no is really tough work. Yeah. I was going to say, what advice would you give to now if there's a parent, they have kids that are 18, that they feel like they're, they're taken care of, like that they've walked through. Dang it. I've been a lawnmower parent. Right, like my mom leaned over to me. I think I've been a lot more in parenting you. Like, I wonder if people heard that now and they're like, "Well, mm-hmm. my kid's eighteen. I'm 
I'm doomed, right? Like what advice would you give them to work through that now? Because I feel like it's going to end rough depending on how you handle it, right? You're not going to be the eagle mom that's just like, well, I'm just going to push them, right? Like they've never flown out the nest before. You can't just... It may end you rough know. no matter what you do. Yeah, it's true. You know, because they're no longer getting handed it. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the first thing, especially if it's it's a couple where there's a mom and dad together, is they've got to be in agreement first. Yeah. You know, because it's I mean, kids and I don't care how old they are, they figure out how to play one parent against the other. I think they're yeah. born that way. Mm. They just know. And whether it's intentional or not, they'll do that. Yeah. And so if if a mom and dad get to a place where they say, you know what, uh, it's time we make some changes. They've got to, and, and if, if they're serving the Lord, they've got to come before him in prayer first yeah. so that they have that agreement and unity and recognize no matter what happens, we're going to stay tight in this. And then, especially if you're talking about 18, 19 year old, somewhere in that, or even older, have an honest conversation. Yeah. You know? Now, that doesn't mean that the child that you're speaking to is going to understand a word you're saying right? or like it. If they've never taken that before. Yeah, it's, it's like going from you know, 12 noon to, to midnight. It's, yeah. it's going to be night and day difference. Yeah. But have that opportunity to at least explain to them and surround it, surround it, surround it with how much you love them, yeah, even though they may good. not believe it. Oh, you're cutting me off. I love you. Oh, you really? Yeah. No, I do. And 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 have some sort of preparation for that conversation yeah. to be able to, and I would, although I don't know that it would necessarily work, I would say you know, it comes back to how God loves all of us. Yeah. He's going to allow us to fall down, which is what the message was all about. Yeah, okay, absolutely. fine. You may fall down. You get into deep, deep trouble, we're here for you. Yeah. But as far as, and whatever it is, the living right. arrangements, the amount of money they're giving them, the whatever day it is, to day. hey, and maybe some people feel like they got to phase their way out of that to make it a little bit yeah. easier. I, you know me, I'm black and white. <laughs> Boom, done. I'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. I think the idea of, right, going in prayer and going and trying to plan out the conversation. Mm -hmm. So- because I always fear for some parents that if you if you go off of reaction, um, really it never ends out very well. And so the idea of you're always asking for this, I'm done, not a dime, like nothing. Like, and you go that direction. It's like there's no there's nowhere for like you said, like keeping that love in the conversation. Versus, let's have a a civil approach. I'm going to have a well-planned approach. I'm going to tell you like, this is how I love you. This is how I want to support you, but it's not financially or it's not, you mm -hmm. know, doing this for you. Um, so I think that's a much better approach because, because <clears throat> I find my reaction, reactionary parenting is probably the worst parenting I do. Right. That, which is always rough and it always hurts. Cause that's always like, you hear the stories of like, Oh, well, how you do in reaction shows who you really are right? <laughs> right like whenever it's like oh well you're in a tense situation you have to react like that's when the real you comes out and sometimes maybe that's the case but for my parenting sometimes and just like i can't believe you tried to stick your finger in the outlet after we already told you not to like why are you going with a butter knife towards the outlet mm -hmm. and like the <laughs> then my reaction is because you so, told me not to right, that's why right. i'm doing it yeah i haven't felt what this butter knife going into this outlet is yet I wouldn't suggest that being your level of non lawn lawnmower parenting. You should probably put no, outlet covers. No, not at all. <laughs> no, outlet covers are good. But you know what I would also suggest is that it, if that kind of conversation is going to take place with mm. with older children, I wouldn't do it after whatever it is that you're doing is done. So yeah, I'm, I'm paying your car insurance for you. You know, you're 23 years old. I'm paying your car insurance. So after I make the car insurance payment, I wouldn't sit down and have the conversation. I'd wait for a more neutral time mm. so that you're not using anything as sort of, oh, this is the catalyst. This is why I'm 
Yeah, I would yeah. say coming down on you. But this is why we're going to look for change in yep. how things work. It's just, you know, it's a lot safer that way, I think. Yeah, no, that's that's really good. You, you said a quote too that I want to know. I wanted to know right when you said it, if it was you or you were quoting someone else. If it's you, you should coin it. Um, when you were closing out and you talked through... Um, uh, you can't. Uh, so I wrote down. You can only prepare the child for the path, but you can't prepare the path for the child. That was me. Let me tell you something, good sir. That was a fantastic quote. Um, I wrote it down. I was like, "Dang, that is fantastic!" Like that. Those are our words to live by. And uh, I thought of even more through. So you had that. You had that analogy of hey, that that guy right there holding the flag. That's that's where he's trying to get. There's all this rough stuff. And I thought through even more of um, if we're if we're the parent, if we're the guy holding the flag, that really means what are we supposed to be doing? We're modeling where their where their aim should exactly. be, exactly right. And so that really hit home for me of like, um, in me inspecting my own life and thinking through, um, how am I modeling where I want my kids to be? And am I the person right near the the goal? Or am I just for some reason stuck in the sand, just like do it better, like mm -hmm. <laughs> from a distance, which I feel like a lot of times it's like your crazy poor uncle giving you financial advice, <laughs> right? Like I don't want to be a parent that I'm doing everything wrong in my own life, just yelling at them to do better. Mm -hmm. And so when you put that up, I was like, oh, there's my goal. Like I need to live the example exactly how I want to see my kids and not try and push them another way. You know, when you, you bring a message to, to the church and then afterwards you say, oh, wow, that would have been great to fit in there because you just gave me this great concept. <laughs> that, no, seriously, think, you know, looking at parents and yeah, holding that stick and there's, there's where we want to end up. But in a way, we're, we're also caddies on the golf mm. course. You know, we've got all the clubs. We're, we're carrying them. Yeah. We're giving advice. Well, you know, maybe you should use this one. Maybe you should use that one. Yeah, yeah, And then ultimately it's the caddy that goes over to hold the flag to pull it up. Oh, so yeah. So that through that entire process of their maturation, we've got all the tools. We've got them. Yeah. And we're giving them the ones that they need at the proper time. And okay, I'm a great caddy, but that you, know, you still drove it into the water. Yeah. You know, okay, well now you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm trying to think of it because being a caddy parent sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's with two D's, not two T's. Right, right. That that could have been your analogy. Be a caddy parent, not a caddy parent. There, uh, there you go. <laughs> Next time around. Uh, yeah. So when you put that up, I just thought that was fantastic because, um, yeah, I just, I, I've seen it so much. So we grew up, you know, my family, we did a lot of, a lot of theater. So when I, when I tell you the term dance moms, right? The, the, when you talked about the game you were at with, where the parent, that was a sport. That was a game you were playing, right? You were in that game and, and the other guy. With the kid? Yeah. No, that was, I was the assistant coach and that was my son on the ice with him. Oh my goodness. So yeah, the, the mom coming in and getting that guy, the amount of parents that I've met mm -hmm. that are like that, where they just, they just, you can tell I don't want to talk to this mom. She seems like she's going to freak out at me. I don't mm -hmm. want to say anything to the parent, you know, and, and we do, I'm a part of uh, uh, the fine arts at, um, uh, through the assemblies of God. So I do a lot of that. The struggle of how to score these kids in fine arts. Oh. 
And a parent knows I'm telling them what they think is I'm telling them if their kid is talented or not, but they already know their kid is talented. (laughs) And so a lot of times, like there's a lot of, there is a lot of like, they come back in. I'm like, listen, like you, you can't have me change the the vote. Like maybe they can come talk to me, but it's not going to switch. And I've just, I've seen it. And so you're right. When you went through all those examples, I'm like, man, I got like six more. I could, you know, I could the, run through with you. The, and, and that brings up another aspect of, of what our responsibility is with our kids. Because And I realize that I'm part of the geriatric unit at Restoration Church. I mean, that, that's where I, <laughs> I plug in. Yeah, that's safe. You know, age is age. But from the standpoint of when I grew up and when I was playing ball and watching how parents interacted, the level of respect that kids had for the authority figures, mm. you know, the umpire, the ref, whoever it was, and that parents had for those same individuals was so vastly different than mm-hmm. what it is today. So if you start thinking about those parents and what they're demonstrating, whether it's a dance moms or whether it's a mom at a hockey game defending her kid who tried to you know, decapitate somebody, that's another part of that responsibility of, of what we're supposed to pass on to our children is, right. yeah, you know what? Life's not always going to give you the breaks that you want and you're not always going to like the decisions make that are made that are going to affect you. Yeah. But that doesn't change how we interact with the people making yeah. those decisions. Yeah. It's just when you were talking about the, it's it's the action and not the child mm. in terms of, of any kind of discipline and demonstrating love. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. We've got to be able to do that. And that's, if I'm going to make a social commentary, yeah, that's, the, we as members of the church and followers of Christ need to do a better job of raising our kids to understand that it doesn't always go your way. Yeah. Uh, but you can overcome that too. Yeah. And I always find at least looking at gen- generations of parents, um, how much we cycle back and forth. I feel like there's always a generation that is fantastic with their money. The next generation grows up in debt. That next generation saw those parents and said, well, I'm not going to grow up in debt. I'm going to get good with my money. Mm-hmm. Then we have a generation go with their money. And so I'm nervous. Uh, not that I'm great with my money, but, um, but I feel like my generation is starting to go through, well, I don't want to live off of credit cards because that's how a lot of my parents lived, you know, all this other stuff. And so we're trying to do that. But dang it, do I not want my kids <laughs> to, to feel so taken care of that they're not going to go through that as well. And you see just these weird generational like trends almost. I feel like as you keep looking. I'll give you hope. Here's the hope. I went through some difficult times financially hmm. and my kids experienced that. They also saw, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but they saw a commitment to working your way through that and mm-hmm. getting back to a place of stability and then moving on from there. And I've been tremendously blessed over my life. Yeah. I've got two of the most financially responsible kids that you've ever seen. And so, yeah, was there a point where we were living off credit cards and just piling up debt? Yeah, we were. Yeah. And, but they experienced that. They saw that. But what was more important is that they saw that commitment to, no matter how bad it is, you know, tithing continues. No matter yep. what's going on, you just stay faithful, stay trusting, and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. And so from your situation, what you're talking about, I wouldn't allow that fear to kind of creep in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more keep showing them what it is that needs to be done and what's yeah. right. And you got a pretty, really, really, really good chance that it turns out the way that you want it to. Yeah. Did you stay pretty, like, did you stay pretty transparent with them through all of those things? Like they knew they, well, whether I was stuff. transparent or not, they knew. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always wonder, you know, I've just seen, I've seen some of my friends where their parents, like they never clued them in on anything. 
parents never fought. They were never angry at each mm-hmm. other. Um, even though you knew they did, right. but you never saw it. You never got to. And, and all this other stuff of like, no, no, we are perfect and everything's fine. And I just see a lot of struggle with that in kids later. And so I'm always interested to hear like when people- No, I, I think that's like, valid. You, 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 again, it's, I want to protect them. Yeah. I'm going to get on my mower and my problems or husband and wife's problems, whatever they might be, financial or otherwise, I don't want that to affect them. I don't want that yeah. to impact how they're going to develop. Meanwhile, how foolish is that? Because it's impacting them every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. The- uh you know, and, and we think through like Haley and I, we always, we, we, we try and work through like any conversation that we're going to have, you know, for the most part, we're going to make sure our kids are around to hear as well. And sometimes it, it's nice. They ask questions, right? Eloise is really curious when, when we're upset, Mm -hmm. Uh, she wants to know. And so I, I don't know, we've never, we've always wanted to be that secure. And so you talked through like, Hey, one of the challenging things, apologizing to your kids I, I do so many stupid things that I, it's like a nightly thing. I go in and I'm like, hey, by the way, here's the list of things I did wrong. I want you to know that wasn't right, <laughs> you know, and working through. But but that same idea, I just, I hated, and I don't think my, my parents did it on purpose, but there was this level of like, I wasn't allowed in mm-hmm. to what the adults were going through. And so now I had I didn't know how they got through it. And I need to. And so I'm trying to figure stuff out. So I'm like, well, dang it, I'm going to have to bring my kid through this with me Mm -hmm. so they can learn with me. And I just, I I don't know. I just, that's something that I valued as an approach. Granted, now it bites me in the butt because Eloise will tell me when I miss my turn or if I'm going the wrong way. And she thinks, (laughs) right? So she hears too much of the (laughs) argument. Now she's like, you you missed your turn, dad. I'm like, don't start talking like mom in this car, (laughs) right? This idea, I don't need that. Sometimes you want to be careful what you're wishing for because there it is. (laughs) Right. So it's like, man, she's she's in it. She knows directions. Uh, Just as a side note, my daughter knows where we're going no matter what we tell her when she sees the surroundings. Mm -hmm. She knows when we're on our way to church. 10 minutes into the drive, she knows. And she knows when we're about to get home. I don't know how. And so she does. She goes, you missed your turn, dad. She's going to be asking for the keys or the key fob <laughs> yeah. very shortly. Can I, can I just try? You know, one thing in what you were saying, and, and I, I, I'm not sure you meant it that way, but saying sorry to our kids is so easy. Yeah. It really is. Because mm. you're saying you're sorry. It's, it's true of whenever we say to somebody, I'm sorry, it's almost casual now. Yeah. It's asking them, especially if they can understand what forgiveness is, asking them to forgive you. That's mm. that's the one that's hard. Yeah. Because you know, you, you're taking a part of yourself and you're laying it on the table. Because what happens if I tell my son that I really screwed up and I want him to forgive me and he says no? I mean, there's that risk factor. Now you got to figure out, okay. How, how do so I, I win it back? I broke it. Yep. But if you set that, that pattern in their lives of understanding that, because again, you're modeling. Yeah. I like what you said. I should have thought of it myself holding that flag. Yeah. You know, this is where you're going to end up. Well, part well, of- you brought it there. Holy well, Spirit finished well, it for it, me. Holy Spirit did something this morning because that <laughs> wasn't supposed to be there. That was supposed to be the first picture, oh, not the last one. That's great. So Love God did happens. that. But from a standpoint of saying, hey, forgiveness is one of the things we have to do, which is also, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes forgiveness feels like you lost. 
Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why why am I asking for forgiveness? I was really right. Right. Why you aren't know? you apologizing? You were the mom. Yeah. <laughs> you were the awful one. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't I don't want to do this, yeah. but I have to. And that's another piece of what they need to be able to see. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the other piece that we try we try and work through with our kids really what forgiveness is. And one thing we noticed that they were saying and really Haley caught on this and 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 I loved it so much that we're trying to continue is um if Levi being a, being a little snot, right? He hits his older sister and we say, hey, you need to go apologize for hitting her. You know, that's not right. They would say sorry and it would go the other way around. And like Haley, I mean, uh, Eloise smacks Levi all the time. Like it's just how they're at the age. <laughs> they get frustrated at each other. They swing um, where we have them go and apologize. And I think Haley started to notice. They say, it's okay. And, uh, and I love Haley was like, don't tell me it's okay. That was a wrong behavior. Um, but if you forgive them, tell them you forgive them, but mm-hmm. don't tell them it's okay. It's not okay. <laughs> yep. Right. And so it was very like, sorry, I hit you. It's okay. No, the hitting was not okay. Right. You can forgive them, but do not let people who wrong you think that was okay, but you can forgive them. And I just, I don't know why sometimes Haley does things that I'm just like, man, I didn't never thought about that, but I see how that will work out years mm-hmm. from now Absolutely. of, uh, not letting people steamroll you, not letting, you know, not working through all that. So yeah. I love, I love seeing those things that Haley. That's a great distinction. On. Yeah. I don't know how, I, I don't know. Maybe it was on, maybe it was an Instagram reel or something, Who knows? <laughs> but um, listen, some of those are okay. Some of those are crazy. Um, but uh, I don't know how she picked up on that, but that was one of the things that I just was really impressed with that mm-hmm. she did. Um, so yeah, just working through that. I always, I always have that, uh, that pressure. So like I was saying earlier, like the whole idea of this message really rings true for me because I do really want to pave the way for the kids. Um, but I also think there's a lot of fun in trying to figure out how to set them up for it and how to work through that. I think you can kind of gamify that a little bit, which is probably not. And you know what? That's, that's great. Great point. Because mm-hmm. if it's all just, you know, black and white legalistic, no, this is what we're supposed to do. This is how we do it. And it's, kids are supposed to have fun. Yeah. And parents are supposed to enjoy their kids. Yeah. And so we get hung up on all of the, you know, what's got to be exactly right. No, we're going to make some mistakes, man, you know? But if, if we built the, the foundation strong enough, we're going to be able to get through all those. Yeah. And I, well, I'll tell you what, my kids, my, my son celebrated his 43rd birthday yesterday. And his sister's going to be 45. Mm. The greatest joy I get at their age is them calling me regularly, yeah. telling them, telling me how much they love me. And as much as that, asking my opinion and insight yeah. on decisions that they have to make. That's got to be awesome. It is. It <laughs> is. Because what it says is, okay, made a lot of mistakes. They were both born after I came to the Lord. So he was in the middle of that relationship. Yeah. And my purpose was, I'm going to love them through whatever. Mm. And I'm going to do the best that I can, even though I know I'm going to fail. Yeah. And now I have a result that just keeps coming back to me. So yeah, it's it's amazingly awesome. That is, um, that's the goal, right? Exactly. <laughs> Hole in one. Yeah, because for first, I I just feel like for so much of our society, um, you know, and I've seen this a lot. Of people talking through there's like such an attack on the family dynamic mm-hmm. to where no, the stereotype is don't ask your dad; he's an idiot. Exactly. Right. Like dad, no, dad's an idiot. Mom's a control freak. Mm -hmm. You know, all this stuff. Like that's what the family is now. You look at any sitcom, 
Uh, you look at any, any, anything that talks through what a family is on television or news. It's, it just always feels like that. Well, you've got that family dynamic between the father and the mother. Cause I agree with you totally, yeah. which is why I don't watch any of that stuff. And then there's no God present. Yeah. So you take all the components, mess them up. Yep. And what do you expect? A TV sitcom. Right. Yeah. And so you get to that level. It's like, I just want to be the dad they can trust and come to and, and ask questions to like, like we would with God, like coming forward with prayer of like, God, I know you're not going to, you know, despite all the jokes other people make, I know you're not going to burn down the building when I walk into church today. Mm -hmm. You're not going to hit it with lightning. Like you're happy I'm here. And also I'll keep pursuing you that way. I want to be that parent too. Like you're not going to kick me out because I show up to say hi. Um, <laughs> you're not going to, you know, whatever, make these dumb decisions. But um, do you have, um, do you have any resources um, that you'd suggest for parents trying to walk through this or just parents in general? Unlike Pastor Nate, who is is sort of this lexicon of books that he's read. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it either. Which, I mean, we're not supposed to be jealous or envious of people, but no, I'm a little bit jealous <laughs> and envious. He's got a catalog in his brain. Yeah. I don't know so, how he no, does it. I mean, from, from a standpoint, and I'm, I'm sorry I can't, but, you know, it, my life experience, and I'm sure I've read all kinds of stuff. I mean, back when I was parenting, James Dobson was like the guy mm. uh, and read a bunch of his stuff. So, and which still is relevant. I mean, yeah. So I wouldn't suggest that people not read it, but I don't have a go-to book or source yeah. right now. Now you do, you do have a resource for families, which uh -huh. is, uh, which is your, your full-time thing in general. We have together family services that, uh, that you're a part of, mm -hmm. that you, that you run. Um, and so what can, if there are families that are like, yes, I do, I do want to pursue being a better parent. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys offer certain things within that as well. We do. I didn't expect the plug. Thank you. Hey, I'm here for you. So no, Together Family Services <laughs> is part of, of Options and the Pregnancy Center here in Rochester. And what we offer for whether you have children or whether you're expecting a child is we have parenting classes that can be mm -hmm. done at our location. They can be done online. And they're geared for every aspect of parenting. It's not just, oh, I'm going to have a new baby. What do I need to expect? It, it deals with discipline issues. It deals with uh, becoming more mature as a parent, developing your skill sets, and uh, literally, if somebody wanted to take one class a week with the library of classes that we have available, you could go for three years. Wow. Uh, all tied towards parenting and some of the life skills that you need to be a more successful parent. Wow. Uh, all of it coming from a, a faith-based perspective as well. And then in addition to that, for those parents that feel as if, well, I'm, I'm ready to, to fall apart, you know, and it happens. I mean, emotionally, we can get yeah. so burned up that we don't know what we're going to do. Uh, we've got two biblical counselors on staff that specialize in being able to help people walk through wow. some of those challenging times as a family. That's amazing. None of that costs anything either because we have such generosity from the people to support us. Amazing. All of that's available to anyone that is interested. So there you go. May not have a lexicon of books, but you have a three-year curriculum. Got that. Thank <laughs> so you. That, you bailed me out. <laughs> so that works out. No, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time on Sunday to do the podcast and to preach to us. Appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Really appreciate it as well. Awesome. Talk to you later. Yeah.